We set up a time to meet prior to when we start. When you show up three minutes before you start. I was here. I was trying to get this thing situated. It sucks. I show up typically an hour before the show. Yeah, tell the people why their time is invaluable. We don't have the cool intro music that Bill or intro that Bill always does because Bill left us high and dry today. So as usual, called in sick at the last minute, said he had herpes and I don't know. He's got some special cream for it. I almost didn't make it. I almost didn't make it. Like literally jumped in the shower and just I'm not even wearing pants. I just ran out here with no pants on, dude. So and just came over here. It's one of those. You guys are oh. both crazy, just killing your houses, eh? Damn. Killing it in the Joey, we got Joey Fatone over here in the top right corner. <laughs> right. Dude, did you make those stairs, Adam? The stringers? No, I had. Uh, oh. Friend- oh, I was like, how the fuck did you learn how to make stringers just like that? I know you probably could if you just just didn't think you did. Adam cool. over here started with a little project on his house. He was going to do something, and then. Adam hasn't been like super active in the chat lately. And I was like, I know something's going on, you know? And next thing you know, Adam's like, I did this. I did this. I gutted my house. I pulled my ceiling out. I pulled my insulation out. I really got it. I pulled my stairs out to his second story. Like just gutted I don't have a stairs. second story. I have a one story house. Oh, well, then go to the, the basement. basement. The basement. There you go. So, yeah. Well, I wasn't really planning on doing any of that. So, I mean, I was planning on doing that. But the thing was, the carpenter friend that I have, I've been kind of nagging him to come to my house for quite a while now. And okay. he just he's always busy, always busy, always busy. And then he's like, hey, I could be there tomorrow. Like, okay. Nice. All right. I know. All right. <laughs> I've been planning it. And I was supposed to get started on my air conditioner project last weekend, but something came up. Uh, actually, it was supposed to be like a hundred last weekend, so I shit can that Jeez. idea. And then uh, I got home today early, and I just gutted my system, pulled my furnace out, pulled my coil out, ripped the condensing unit out, and then uh, totally gutted my closet. Watch, I'll pull up a little video file right now. So you're gonna have to suffer for a little bit, eh? You finally took the plunge. Well, now I'm really committed. <laughs> how nasty that is oh yeah. man getting this plywood sheeting up without ripping out the drywall is a pain in the butt but i got it all the way on those corners all completely out now i just need to get this front corner right here I'm by the way that's not that, plywood that is a chore to say the least yeah press board whatever it's yeah osb osb there you go yeah. yeah so i already got it all cleaned up 
put back together. Well, kind of. I put a. Uh, let's see if I can find this. Can I find? I oh, I I do, are you going to take my uh, advice? What I said that you should try to do. What's that? Remember, we talked about this quite a while ago. You're, you know, awesome. everyone's stopping the video. Your return is just like a platform inside the closet, right? Mm -hmm. I said what you should do is make a condensate pan that is basically the entire uh, uh, size underneath. Yeah. Have a cool. wet switch down there just for protection. Yeah. And then up above, line the top shelf with like basically another pan and then fold down flanges so the water, anything that does get down, will drain down into the other pan. Boom, you get a wet switch. Wet switch, yeah. Done. Why not? I yeah. think I don't have uh, the stuff to do it as I'm working right now, but if I can get in there after the fact, which I think I can, I think I can make it in two parts with stainless steel and then seal stainless it. Stainless steel, nice. Yeah, I would make it with stainless steel and then seal it underneath. Yeah, I could do that. Um, but yeah, that's a good idea. Just it's just chaos right now. But yeah, so I already got all that stuff cleaned out because it was a pain in the butt to try to gut that OSB without ripping the drywall out and that stupid popcorn texture. I really wanted to take all the popcorn texture off, <laughs> but but I don't need you better. To you have that thing apart. You better seal the crap out of that cavity all the way. Every single oh, nook, yeah. every nook and cranny. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I already sheeted the whole, and it'll all show up in the video. But I started sheeting all the walls because it was open stud cavities, and that is already sheeted. And then when I finish off the last piece of plywood, which will be on the bottom side of that deck, I'll totally seal it all in and completely make it airtight. Seal it to the concrete. So that's the plan. I'm just hoping I can get it done this weekend. Good. This is not good for you. Chris, I bet you have this. Joe, I bet, has never tried this before. What, what is, is it? it? I'll give you a guess. This is from a Mexican restaurant. Uh, I mean, there could be a million things from a Mexican restaurant. <laughs> or what is it? What is that? Horchata? Yeah, horchata. Nasty, dude, I hate it. You don't like it? Cinnamon oh, water? Specialty drinks. Cinnamon milk is disgusting, bro. Like Cinnamon milk? Yeah. They even go together. They call it rice water. Yeah. <laughs> It's freaking rice, <laughs> cinnamon, or I don't know, dude. It's fucking gross. It's not gross. It's good. It's a little sweet this time around, you know? Yeah. I'm going to go with Chris on this one. I think I'm going to take his word for it. Thanks, Joey. Even though he likes pineapple on his pizza, I'll take his word for it. <laughs> hey, you know what I did yesterday? I was bored, what? and I took some lemon juice, and I made it into an ice cube, and then put it in my water right now. It's actually pretty good, dude. Just pure lemon juice. Oh, mm. Getting old sucks, man. All you do is look forward to like stupid going to things. The bathroom in the morning, drinking coffee, and then going to bed at night. You know, what my mom did all the time. She, I thought this was kind of cool. Is she would always make a pot of coffee, but she wouldn't drink the whole pot. But you know what you could do with it in the summertime? Take the coffee, put it in an ice cube tray, freeze it, cool. and then you could have iced coffee the next yeah. day, and it doesn't dilute your coffee with water because yeah. it's coffee, coffee. My Good wife idea. does that kind of stuff. She's all into iced coffee. I do not like iced coffee. I like hot coffee even mm. all through the summer. So, yup. What is this? What is AC Purpose saying? Customer tenant living in basement with 80% furnace running 30 ppm by another contractor. I guess the other contractor uh, did a test or something, got 30 ppm. Which seal monitor do you guys suggest and best location? So, 
Uh, go ahead. I'll go after. You know, monitor. Like we're not talking personal monitor. I'm assuming, right? We're talking. I'm thinking for the house because the tenants in the basement. All right. So this is funny because most carbon monoxide detectors uh, go off at a much higher level, right? Yeah. And they have to actually sustain the carbon monoxide in the home for quite some time before they'll start aler alarming you. I believe the threshold is like 70 parts per million is the law. Way too high. Yeah. Right. So um, you got to look for a low level monitor. Right. And right. Uh, NCI. Uh, NCI, I think. True Tech Tools has one. I think I've seen one yeah. before. They have one. Um, but where was that 30 ppm measure? Was it in the furnace or in the flu? I'm sorry. Was it in the flu or is it in the house? If it feels in the house, I would say uh, maybe get the fuck out of there. How about that? But, uh, yeah. Oh, that. Uh, speaking of which, can I tell you guys a little <laughs> carbon monoxide story from this week? Tell me your oh, carbon nice. monoxide Scary story. Much. I'm so, so excited to hear. Um, yeah, it was a good one. It wasn't that good, but whatever. I had a service call on a boiler, and I get to this guy's house, all right? And um, this house, you could tell right when you walk up to it, this is like a 100-year-old house. It's like a Victorian-style house, nice. like an A-frame-looking uh, farmhouse, right? And this thing looks like it should have been painted, 30 years ago on the outside of the house, you know, one of those. Um, so I'm yeah. wondering, okay, what kind of boiler am I going to yeah. walk into here, right? Disaster. So I go down to the basement, and as we're walking down, the guy turns around and he looks at me, and he's like, just so you know, I've lived here for 30 years, and um, you're the first heating guy I've had in my house. I always fix everything on my boiler myself. Oh, <laughs> my gosh. What? Okay, cool. Um, so I walk up to it. And it is an old boiler. And the guy's like, what do you think? I've been here for 30 years. You think it's probably what? Just it's probably 30-some years old, right? I'm like, no, nah, more than that. Keep going. I'm like, it's over. It's 50 or more, guarantee. No. It has like, you know how like the old logos and stuff like that for boilers and furnaces and everything kind of look like an old like 57 Chevy style logo? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah this is what it looking. So yeah. uh, anyhow, um, I start diagnosing it in that and the gas fell's bad which wasn't a surprise because where the burners are at that whole back plate and the gas valve itself was all black so oh. i'm i'm looking at it and i told him right off the bat i said listen your gas feels bad but it looks like you have some more serious issues here and uh he's like what do you mean i'm like it doesn't look like it's been burning that well and he's like well the flames were coming out of the front for a while and I think the gas valve was adjusted too high, so I turned it down. And then that hmm. stopped doing it. I'm like, what do you mean you turned it down? <laughs> Uh-oh. And uh, so he, pilot. you know how, like, the old standing pilot gas valves are either on, pilot, or off? Yeah. He basically had it all the way as far as you could possibly go to pilot with the burners still lit. That's how oh, he wow. did it. That's how he's... <laughs> that was his fix, right? So I replaced the gas valve and I uh, checked the combustion on it and we were, I got to maybe 7,500 parts per million before I decided to pull my analyzer out of the, uh, out of the flu. Um, How much told, were you getting? Sorry. Huh? How much were you getting? Sorry. 7,500. 7, oh, wow. Yeah. Ouch. So, uh, 
yeah. for the hell of it, I just started playing around with the get like just to see like, hey, if I play with the gas valve a little bit, mind you, these burners were the old style burners with the air shutters on them. Yeah, the air was all the way open. When I was testing seventy five hundred parts per million, I was getting zero oxygen. Not a huge surprise, right? right? Yeah. Um, so I was playing around just for a couple of seconds, basically, just to see if I can get it to play you know, any kind of change whatsoever with gas pressure, nothing. So I told him, like, you have an issue most likely with a plugged up heat exchanger. And he's like, well, why do you say that? I'm like, because, and I started showing him, and Blue Flame, the combustion analyzer, they have a really nice PDF um where it's kind of like almost a customer facing pdf oh, cool. um, where you could show them and it says hey this is a uh atmosphere atmospheric vented boiler 70 percent efficient blah 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 this is the range that your combustion should be within right oh nice cool so i showed them and i'm like dude if you had a bird or something down your chimney you'd be dead real quick like the every the, everyone in the household would be dead right yeah um <laughs> So I popped the top off and I showed him. We ended up cleaning out the uh, the you know the heat exchanger. Oh, you actually did it! Wow. Well, I didn't do it. I told him I said this. Was, I didn't want to <laughs> okay. bring this up. I didn't want to yeah. bring this up, but uh, I told him I'm like, listen. He's like, what are my options? I'm like, your options are replace the boiler, pay me to clean it, yeah. or you can try to clean it, and uh, I can come back and set the combustion. And uh, he's yeah. like. How much are you charging me to clean it? I'm like, I don't know. Is it going to take me an hour? Is it going to take me three hours? I don't know. Um, yeah. So he's like, I'll do it. I'm like, all right. So I hand him a, a brush. I'm like, let me know when you're done. Oh, my God. <laughs> Was he black? He Was had he... this thing freaking perfectly clean. Oh, he's one of those guys. Nice. He he's one of those guys. Burners were clean, everything. So I get in there and I, I, Hook the combustion analyzer back up. I got down to 20 parts per million. 20. Wow. 7,500 to 20. Wow. Yeah. This guy's a regular, uh, the Dick Van Dyke's character from Mary Poppins over there. He's freaking. I think he was probably too. He's like, chim chimney, chim chimney. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Adam, is that uh, your computer that keeps getting a notification? We keep hearing a Windows notification thing pop up. How do up. I turn this off? It's because I'm in my Mac would not boot. I'm oh, in okay. Windows right now. I don't know how to turn Windows. No, does anyone know how to use Windows? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I, don't know. I wouldn't. I don't know. It's not that big. Hey, you know, we, guys. There, we just got it. Yeah, at least he's a at least he's a customer that gets advice and he does a really good job. He could be one of those customers to go the other way, but at least he's cool about it and he did it and it worked out on something simple i really did not want to clean it i'll tell you that no kidding i okay, would so never cool. clean that i'm telling you right now i'm sorry dude i am oh. not cleaning that i've done it a couple times on pretty badly sooted boilers and like i was there forever and it felt like i was not doing anything like not even right. making it on the freaking <laughs> right right but if you um, take it before and after you can see a slight difference for sure but keep it awesome. going i'm looking for a picture right now because i want to share something I'm going to yeah. share my story. I, I think you, I don't know if you heard it, Adam, about uh, when my guy blew out a drain in a restaurant this weekend or this week. No. I don't Did you, guys, you didn't hear that? Oh, Bill heard it. Oh my gosh. Okay. Keep go. going. I'm going to find this picture and then I'll. I think I turned off notifications. Let's see if this works. Sorry, guys. What's up, man? <laughs> but yeah. So I might have saved somebody's yeah. life this week. I, the guy. Dude, that's. Yeah, that's amazing. I have. 
I don't think I have ever done that, to be honest with you, from 75,000 creeping up. That's not 1,000, 7,500. Sorry, 7,500. And it was still climbing. I pulled it out. Yeah. Of course, you don't climbing. want to kill your sensor. but And you got it down to 75, or what was it? 20. 20. Yeah. My God. Dude, that thing's going to go for another 10 years. It probably will, to be honest with you. <laughs> Oh, you don't want to know a funny thing though, because it's been bad down for a while. We I start the thing, we get it running, and uh, look at the pressure on the system. Pressure bumps up to thirty. The the uh, the um, relief relief valve starts trickling or whatever, and he's like, "Oh, what does that mean? I'm knocking on the the uh, expansion tank." I'm like, "You need an expansion tank." I'm like, "You want me to quote you on that?" He's like, "No, I'll go pick it up myself. I'll change it." I'm like, cool. Oh, See ya. Wow. See ya. <laughs> awesome. This guy wants to do everything on his own. Well, he said he's been working out for 30 years. Like, I'm not going to... What the... I turned notifications off. What the heck is going on here? I don't know. I don't know, dude. That's pretty annoying. I got it. Yeah, I don't know what it is. What happened in Canada? Well, there's one issue we had that um, because of COVID, uh, on these, uh, I guess, package units, humidification units, uh, we've been putting a few of them in. And we're getting all bombarded. Well, the lack of quality control has been really lackluster. And we're kind of getting cheese. I kind of vented my frustration. And it went down to, uh, of course, the boss. And he's venting for me to the big boys. Because uh, especially when you're dealing with these clients, especially some of them that are a little bit more sticky. And uh, you're going back there because they... Uh, uh sensors are not put on right or a blower uh, out a remote condenser motor outside is burning out after uh, one week of use jeez yeah yeah exactly so there's so we installed two in this past month you could say and um a blower uh, uh, sorry an outdoor condenser went off high pressure so I, I i looked it up blah 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 it was the the blower outside it uh, was getting locked up okay Stole another one and the same thing. Okay, what's going on here? Okay, you know what? I'm getting this one from this this house, satisfying this stickler because he he's one of those guys who will, yeah, he'll make you feel it. So I put it in. So we call the factory. First I called, then my boss called. But when he called, it was a little bit more better per se. But anyways, long story short, this German manufacturer apparently has a bad batch. So what they wanted me to do, and they replayed it to my boss, is they want to energize the remote condenser fan on a relay to take off all energy. Like as soon as it's not calling to take off all energy on a relay. So do a little quick relay fix, not to keep it like on standby kind of thing, standby mode, because apparently something's happening. Who knows? And I'm thinking, dude, this is what company, this company Dectron used to do. They just keep on adding relays, these quick fixes, and it's just dumb. You don't do something like that. Give me a motor that works. This this company, this this owner is spending a lot of money. Don't just give me a half-assed wire fix. So anyways, put that in a contour and um, I told them this and then my boss voiced his opinion and hopefully when they said they get down to the bottom of it, they'll give us a new blower motor. Uh, sorry, not blower motor, outside um, fan motor. So it's just, it's been a little hectic week of just manufacturer's fuck-ups. Uh, that sounds like a mess. Yeah, rubber hoses kinked from factory inside, beside the coaxes. You've seen those sensors a week ago. Um, there's been a few. Oh, my modulation valves that modulate, obviously, the my discharge uh, backwards. Um, 
still on sol solenoid setting, not a modulation setting. So my solar my modulations are not even moving because they're not even wired right on the, the the board. So you know it's you know for a guy who's been in working on these for a little bit, okay, I got down to the bottom of it, you know, after you know a few hours of diagnosing, but right when you install it. But for a guy who's not used to these, they're, they're, <laughs> it's gonna be a huge fuck up. So, anyways. Hey Joe's birthday. Yeah. It's almost Joe's birthday. He wasn't supposed to come on the show in his birthday suit to celebrate, but I guess he changes mind. Speaking of honey bunch, <laughs> nice he's gonna be on the show tonight, Joe. No, that's next week. Oh, it's next week. Okay. Yeah, next week. Next week. Mm. That was a good one. That was a good one. All right. So one. I'm gonna pull good. up a picture real good. quick, but let me preface this. So <laughs> service technician got a call. One of my guys, we got a call that they had a drip from the ceiling. Uh, this un this restaurant has a totally open ceiling. So you can see the insulation and you can see the spiral ductwork all ran in the top of the ceiling. So we get a call. He goes out there. They've got like, I, I'm not kidding with you. They have like nine package units on the roof. So he finds the unit that's leaking water and he goes over and he goes with a hose to the drain. And uh, first off, the drain pan's completely full. Okay. It's not draining. So he goes to the drain gives it a little blast and it, it, it doesn't drain. And he's like, what the heck? So he's blowing it down. So he, uh, he hooks up his hose, disconnects it from the unit, hooks up his hose and blasts it just goes to town. Right. And it starts draining. So he hooks up the drain line again to the AC and fills up the pan and it won't drain. So he's like, what the heck? So he goes back to the unit again, pulls the drain line off, hooks up his hose to the drain line and just goes to town, dude, just blasting the drain, just brah, 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 you know, and it's draining. And he's like, what the heck? So he hooks it back up to the unit, fills up the pan and the pan won't drain. And he's like, the P traps not plugged up. He's like, what the heck is going on? All right. So this is, this is looking up at the roof. Okay. You see the insulation. You're looking straight up. You can see the ductwork over here on the left, right there. You can kind of see right here. You can kind of see that there used to be a package unit right there. Mm. Okay. But it when they took over this restaurant, that package unit went away. Mm. That is the drain line to the old package unit. Mm -hmm. They cut it off completely, but left it open above the insulation. Oh, no. So uh -oh. the drain line is plugged up somewhere downstream. Oh, no. He's upstairs blowing it out, wondering, and he's really not doing anything wrong here. No, he's wondering he's why, when he puts water on it, it fucking drains just fine, right? But then when he fills up the pan, the pan won't drain because this is the high spot. Okay, so when he hooks up the hose, this is pouring down into the restaurant, covering all their tables. It flooded out the whole fucking huh. dining room, dude. That's awesome. The whole that is dining amazing. room. Was people now, like eating there? Yeah, look at look at that's all, that's from him blasting the water, dude. It dropped all the insulation fell down. He didn't know what was going on until he went downstairs, <laughs> and everyone and the managers are like, "What the fuck? There's <laughs> fucking water everywhere!" And my oh, guy's like, man. he calls me, he's all, "I think I fucked up," and I'm like, "What do you mean you fucked uh, up?" And so he tells me, and I'm like, "Wait, what?" And, he and I go, "Dude, you didn't fuck up." I go, "Those motherfuckers had a drain line in the attic." Like not even in the attic above the insulation. Why this restaurant's been in existence for 15 years? Why it's never presented itself before? They've never had a plugged up drain, so it plugged up downstream. So 
I had to send another technician over there. They had to get their extension ladder because uh, they tried getting up on a 12 foot ladder. 12 foot ladder wouldn't reach these. So he had to take his oh, wait, extension ladder. How is it draining in the past? It just now there's a restriction because, oh, let me, let me step back. They have common drains. Okay. So they have oh, three, so it's four like package an open, units. open site drain or something like that. Well, they have three package units that come below the roof deck that connect to an inch and an eighth line. And then an inch and an eighth line goes down to a floor drain down in the building. And that inch and an eighth line down at the floor drain was plugged up. So it was backing up all the way to the lowest AC and then dripping down in the building. So he went to go blow out the drain. And then that's when he found this open drain line that was connected to the common drain. Oh, that went to the old package to the common drain. Oh, yeah. Mm. So he was just standing there with his hose, just going, and he's like, "It's fucking draining." Now, mind you, he's yeah. on the roof. You know, takes him ten minutes to get downstairs, and he keeps hooking up the package unit. So the oh, restaurant's probably yeah, down there going. Is there was there people like eating at the tables? So the story goes that the first time he went to go blow it out the server was walking people to the table and they were about to sit down and then a fucking waterfall came down. And so the server said, yeah, we're not sitting there and turned around and took them to the bar and they closed down the dining room. But I mean, he told me, dude, the whole dining room had freaking water. All the carpet was completely saturated. <laughs> that is amazing, dude. That That is like, that, that is, is amazing. Awesome. It's so cool. I, that's the, the kind of stuff I was like, bro. Bro. If people were actually eating there and oh. the, the restaurant was full and he just like flooded people's plates. Oh my gosh, dude. Yeah, that would have been a disaster. <laughs> people are like, what the hell is going on here? It's it's sunny outside. So, is- so these guys straight had a drain line sitting in the attic. So um, let me pull this picture back up again too because here's my thought on this. On this picture, what I think they did when they disconnected the old package unit, I think that they grabbed the line pulled it up and cut it off and then let it drop back down because oh, it's yeah, cut at sure. an angle. It's cut yeah. at an angle and it looks like it was cut with a saw because it's a, it's like, you know, it's just, it's a weird angle. It's not like someone cut it with a tubing cutter. So I think that they pulled it up, yep. cut it and then yep. let it drop back down. And then it was For above sure. the insulation. So you couldn't see it. So how did that conversation go with the manager? Uh, luckily this is a shitty ass restaurant chain that has really messed up management and nobody's said anything to me. I had my technician. I go, bro, you go get the manager and you make them climb on that ladder and you have them go look at this. There's no way this is our fault. Like there's not, I mean, what could you do, dude? There's a fucking drain line open. It's a common drain system. You know, the only reason why this hasn't been found before is because, um, it's, it's, it's a high spot. So even if you blast the drain just a little bit, right, it's, it's going to it's going to drain unless you just exactly. go to town with the right. water hose. And that's what right. it did. And it had a restriction downstream. So it backed yeah. up out of this. Right. But <sighs> good gosh. Yeah. That's... <laughs> but so, imagine imagine if if we got a call out there on a Friday night and they had a whole dining room, dude. And we're just like, oh, yeah, we'll just blow out the drain. I would have cried laughing. Oh, I would have. Uh, but. Uh, the only thing that like the one thing that really sucks, I'm sure I'll hear something about it. I haven't heard anything yet. I wish he would have gotten video like that would have been epic video, dude. <laughs> oh, big time. Huh. Fabric or spiral duct like fabric, like the duck socks. Yeah, yeah I think so duck socks. it's kind of cool. It's easy to install. You just yeah, run a cable. Easy. It's a cable straight down the line. There's like these little yeah. eyelets. Yeah, you, you just hear the pop when it turns on. <laughs> 
And uh, so that's all you have to do. No, no assembling required. Just hook it onto the line and go to town. You know, it's like uh, hanging up your laundry to dry. And although, then, uh, although it is usually on a, on a, usually systems are using like clean rooms or uh, uh, what's it called? Uh, indoor pools or uh, hydroponics, whatever. Um, they're usually always on anyways. So I guess you don't have to hear that. Um, I know what you're talking about, Chris, when it goes on. But yeah, at least uh, you can put your not running though. It deflates. It. it looks like shit. <laughs> you could have your logo printed on the side of it, and if it gets dirty, you take it down, and you could wash it in your wash washing it. machine. Power wash them. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, that, dude, machine. it's gonna be so like if it's a commercial building, it's gonna be so freaking big, dude. You ain't. I think they come in pieces, yeah. don't you? Don't they? Yeah, they come in pieces. They get put together with like zippers, um, different colors. That I guess. Like I, I get it that it can come down, but that sounds like a disaster, dude, because every building that I've ever seen that has duct socks for the ductwork, that ductwork is 30 feet in the air, dude. It you're is. Talking, yeah, you're talking yeah. scissor lifts to get up there and take it down. Like that's well, Now imagine, I, yeah, I would never suggest it. When I Last time I suggested somebody, uh, Chris, I told him, just get a power wash, get a couple guys, and just get out on a lift somehow, and you're not going to take them down. But uh, imagine installing that like spiral deck, like two feet big, uh, you know, 24 inches or bigger, up in the air you know you need a lot of guys a much lot of... much easier to do the duck sack right yeah yeah you know i i kind of didn't like it at first but you know if the system's running and oh that's why i didn't like it on the last one i did the holes they made are too small they have to make the holes a little bigger i guess it depends on the manufacturer but the holes the air comes out of i think they should be a little bit bigger that's about it but yeah they are pretty cool i gotta admit spiral ducks heavy it could rust i guess and you see uh, that comment i posted earlier no i didn't the uh the guy talking about gen z it was not a i was having a hard time understanding his sentences but let me see here john rulis ruelis how do you say that chris yeah ruelis yeah ruelis i don't know i, I hope you're gen z i don't know if he's think, thinking we're gen z i'm definitely not gen z um, I'm, I, that's a compliment. I guess. I, I, it's an insult to even call me a millennial. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'm we. Like, what are we? I'm Gen X or millennials? Well, they, we're, we're on like technically the, the millennials, but I don't identify. See, I'm from California, so I can choose to identify as anything I want, and I do not identify as a millennial. A mammal. So. Yeah. Yep. Anyway, so I hope you're Gen Z. Don't ruin the HVAC industry for the new tech. And tools think is easy. The why could take shortcuts. Yes, I I get it. Okay. First off, you need to <laughs> learn how to spell. Okay. I'm sorry, but there's no way in hell you can write up an invoice unless you're drunk, which I'll give you a pass. Oh, oh hold on a second. I was just wondering. Joe understood that. Did you notice that? Joe got that. <laughs> Maybe. Is that Joe Canadian? You have this whole thing with my wife the other day. I was like, what the fuck is Joe saying? And I hand her my phone. She's like, I think he said, and I go, no, think about it. What is he saying? Like, how do you even understand what Joe is yes. saying? Because Joe talks like that all the time. So <laughs> he's I probably using. Uh, he's trying to say. I think what he's trying to say is the Gen Z is getting the, all these new fancy tools, and they're using the tools, and they're taking shortcuts by using these smart tools, right? And uh, yeah. Okay, I'm not going to blame that on Gen Z. I mean. 
every HVAC technician has the ability to take shortcuts. And let's be honest, the reason why our industry is in such bad shape is because <laughs> everybody's gotten complacent and taken shortcuts for the last 20 years. Okay. Right. You can, you can, let's just say over the last 20 years, 10% of the industry has been doing things right. I, I, I would honestly say that's a good number to say. I, uh, I think it's less than that. I, yeah, okay. So maybe even less. Let's call it 5% of the industry has been doing things right, okay? Me included. I'm not the greatest technician. I screw stuff up all the time. But as an industry, we need to stop trying to blame a certain age group, okay? Because it's everybody. It's all well, of them. And the whole thing is like, um, if technology is available, why not use it? Like, think about it, you know? Yeah. Like, all right, so... Now they back in the day, farmers used to have to pick corn by hand. And like well, back in the like, day when we wanted to drill a hole, we used to use a little hand crank drill right. that we would or, drill and then the we wall. used and then we used flathead screws and a screwdriver oh, yeah. to put it in. So but, but there was a guy when we used the flathead screws that was pissed off saying you're gonna ruin the industry because you invented a Phillips screw. Or you're going to ruin the industry because you have a power drill. Everybody's just going to screw holes in everything with a power drill. Like, right. come on. So, like, when something is available to make your job easier and, like, you know, maybe you're able to produce higher quality on a daily basis, why not take advantage of it, right? Yeah. Now, there's yeah. good and bad to certain tools. But there can be bad technicians. There can be good technicians. It doesn't matter the age. Digital has downsides, Okay. Digital doesn't have, when you're using digital gauges, um, what's what's the right term? They don't react fast enough to where, uh, what do you call that? I can't think of what they call it. But basically, if you want to watch a pressure control and see what it cuts out at, digital doesn't react fast enough. You need an analog gauge to actually see it come down. Latency? No, I don't, I don't know if it's latency. But anyways, oh, like, yeah. like there's good and bad. But digital also can show you things that an analog gauge set can't. Okay, so there's good and bad to all these tools. Thank you, Cyborg Sheep. That was nice. Well, thank you, Cyborg. You're awesome. You wanna you wanna go ahead and donate that to my insurance fund because I'm sure I'm gonna be hearing about that one. <laughs> I agree. There was a during that time period. I guess when we were growing up, there was that stigma of not going to trades for sure. I think finally, like that gentleman said, it is finally starting to slowly turn around. That they're starting more implementing trades and realize, guys, uh, these trades pay. A lot more than some of your college jobs. Right. So and the thing and is, like, people now, I believe people now are demanding higher quality and higher skilled right. people working on their houses. They don't want freaking a-holes, chucks in the truck, <laughs> growing their crap up. Like People are willing to spend a premium to have a, a job well done, right? You know that yeah, people man. will criticize... Uh, HVAC because you know back in my day we didn't have to worry about those crazy micron gauges and we didn't have to worry about evacuations like you didn't do that stuff you just purged and rolled and and did your thing you know just just purge it and go to town and, and everything worked fine okay the industry standard for evacuations um is a book called review a vacuum for service engineers and it explicitly talks about using micron gauges and, and says, um, there's a spot in there where it actually says don't even waste your time using quarter inch hoses it says like it's not even worth talking about using this was okay so i'm gonna i'm gonna ask the chat right now 
What, what year? does the chat think the publish date of this book, Review of Vacuum for Service Engineers? What is the Good original one. publish date for this book? Let's ask the chat. Someone put it in the chat right now. Joe, what do you think the original publish date is? Uh, I'm going to say uh, 90s. Okay, 1990s. What do you think, Adam? I think it is the... Um... I'm going to be within 10 years. Okay. 1955. Okay. All right. That's a good guess. Probably really the original publish date on this is 1959. That's the original oh. copyright date. Ding. Oh, my dinger's not working because I'm on Windows. Okay. You're a ding back. This. Now, this was revised by Brian Orr and Jim Bergman. Okay. Oh. They went through and revised it and put some color pictures in here and used digital micron gauges. But the information about evacuations and why to use a vacuum pump and why we need vacuum pumps and the, the the benefits of using it is all the original text from 1959. Okay, so evacuations and micron gauges are nothing new. We as an industry just forgot about it because our equipment was low sear rating, you could fudge things, you can mess with it. Okay, but evacuation is real. So you know, these people that want to say that, you know, these tools are to blame. It's not the tools. It's people not wanting to learn how to use the tools and right. the science behind the tools. And I'm sorry if you go from and I'll tell you, like, I tried using a, a micron gauge like years ago. I don't know if you guys have ever used the uh, have you ever seen the Supco vacuum gauge from back in the day that almost looks like their uh, mega ohmmeter. Yes, the pass through stupid just, thing with the two. Oh, just, yeah, uh, yeah, all yeah, the yeah. lights that go up and down yeah. the thing. Yeah. yeah, I tried using that thing so many times and that thing. I'm sorry if somebody <laughs> loves it out there. I'm sorry, Subco, but it sucks. Let's yeah, let's that right on the table. Right Call now. it how it is. Um, so that discouraged me from using a micron gauge, that micron gauge. I didn't know there was anything else better available. I'm like, these things are stupid, whatever, you know, um, that was years ago. And then, uh, Appian came out and I had the Appian with the blue vac, uh, professional plus, mm -hmm. and that is a game changer. hundred percent. Well, the first time that you use large hoses and then I went to, uh, true blues, which I'm sorry, I know it's arguable which one if if there's even a difference. I know it's probably neg negligible. Um between and true you blues. pull yeah. a vacuum so effing fast with those large hoses, three quarter inch hoses. Holy crap, you pull a vacuum fast, you know? Yep. So, uh, you know, I didn't know about evacuations, I didn't know about digital gauges. I didn't I had to learn all that stuff. So Yes, in the wrong hands, if a technician blindly tries to use an app to tell them what to do or digital gauges to tell them what to do, that's not going to work. They have to know what they're doing, okay? If, if anybody is to blame, it's the employers, the companies that employ these technicians that allow them to go out there and work on things when they don't know how to use the tools. Right. You can't blame the schools because people want to blame schools. All these schools, they don't teach these kids nothing. No, you hired that guy. It's your responsibility to find out what he knows. You don't just blindly trust the fact that a guy says, I have five years experience, so I know what I'm doing. No, that doesn't work. You work with a guy. You ride along. Now, I realize it's not always practical to vet someone completely. People make mistakes, but it's really on the employers for not knowing what their employees are doing and the lack thereof of knowledge that their employees have. You know what does? I'm going to kind of segue back to what we were talking about but change the subject a little bit you know it does kind of get me sketched out 
sometimes. Um, on the Bluevac micron gauge, they're decay predict. Yeah, that, that, that is, I didn't understand it for the longest time. And now I get it because I've been reading a little bit more about it and stuff. And it basically is going to look at the rate of how of, of the decay and make an estimation based on this small time period of 30 seconds, the decay rate raised this much. So therefore for a 10 or 15 minute test, you've now passed, passed you know, and it like yeah. pass. And I'm like, Whoa, that's quick. But <laughs> it saves the heck out of time right there. You it know, does. like, Oh my gosh, you know? But at the same thing, you know, there's things that can make that false too. You know, there's things that can fake that. Um, maybe someone closes the the vacuum core removal tool with the micron <laughs> gauge on it, you know, or say, who knows, you know, like that we can always make mistakes, but I, I don't think to blame people is the right way. And I'm not trying to attack the guy that made that comment. I mean, you know, um, Eric Kaiser says, what if companies don't give a technician enough time and to do a job? That, properly? that is probably like hey right i mean i could definitely tell you that's reality my dad sold yeah. his company and the new owners when they took over um i got reprimanded i got reprimanded because i right. still worked for the new owners for a while because he's like we bid this job for six hours and you took eight hours and it's like okay well i could have told you it was going to take longer than six hours the minute <laughs> i walked into it yeah. you know what i mean um yeah. so i know that's happening but that kind of goes back to the fact that there is a race to the bottom, you know, in HVAC. Everyone's trying to undercut other people and like, yep. let me, let me, I want to get this job. Let's do it for cheaper. Let's do it for cheaper. And then owners have a hard time paying the wages and benefits and this and that. And then they're like getting on people's cases. And, you know, it, I think the whole thing is we need to charge as an industry, we need to charge what we're worth, you know? And I think that the industry needs to slow down. Eric does make a good point. And that does happen. And I have been guilty of that in the past too. I, I regularly have to contain myself much. when I am calling my technicians to check on them. Like when I think, okay, this is taking them too long. And it's like, no, I'm going to just let them be. Now, the only thing right. I ask my guys is that I'm not calling you to rush you. I just need to make sure you're okay. And you're not going down a rabbit hole and not calling me. Right. Like, so right. I ask them, hey. If you guys haven't talked to me within two hours, I just appreciate a phone call just to say, hey, everything's going okay. I agree, Chris. Running into some problems is taking me a little longer, but I'm okay. You know, yeah. like, I would appreciate that. So that way I don't have to make the call and say, hey, and then make them feel like I'm rushing them because I'm not. I, I want them to take their time and do it That's right. That's how you learn. I agree. I agree 100%. Yep. Uh, Chipmunk gave you a, a little super chat there, Chris, saying you're a good employer and for your insurance. <laughs> <laughs> that was a joke. You didn't need to do that, Chipmunk. Thank you very much. Adam, you're going to make sure that two euros is going to make it to me? Yeah. Okay. And I don't want you to try to like mess with exchange rates. He meant to give me, I want I want $2, okay? $2 cash. I don't know what the, the conversion rate is. I don't know if it's supposed to be more or less. You what? I think it's less. Let's oh. be honest. Well, and yeah. no, uh, no YouTube uh, deductible. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, let's see oh, and guys uh, so ray said something about me being a great owner like guys no this is not about that there's trust me i'm a shitty owner okay so leave that alone don't praise me because i do a lot of stupid stuff ac purpose insulation on some ducts is coming off and there are spots sweating unconditioned attic 
Should I take old and put new wrap, bury it with blown in or spray foam? Do not bury it, Chris, please. If yeah, yeah. you have insulation coming off, you're going to have more problems. Wait, wait. Where is this insulation at? Is this is this I'm exterior insulation or is it this line? Like it sounds like it's exterior. Okay, I might be wrong. Exterior insulation. I mean, I don't know. I mean, are we talking rigid ducts? Well, that's it. a lot it's of work to go up there and rewrap, but yeah, you know, I if mean, work is sized right and you have good airflow, then you no might want to problem. utilize what you have. I mean, or take this yeah. advantage to measure the airflow, find problems, and quote a reduct. Spray foam, yeah. not bad. If it is working though, spray foam, yeah. Not. If you can get to all sides of the duct, right? dude, yeah. When I spray foam my boots, spray it looked foam. like a four-year-old went up there and freaking just cares? spray foam yeah. everywhere, dude. That stuff is just so such a mess. I if you <coughs> sorry, I was just gonna say if you do wrap it, you gotta you gotta make sure you like mastic the corners or duck seal the corners, make sure all the seals are done, or else it's gonna happen again. So you gotta seal all the corners, duck seal it, and then wrap it again and make sure all your seals are covered and overlapped. Just so much more work. Just fucking yeah. spray foam it and get get going. You know what I've run into though in the past, Joe, is I've had, yeah. I've seen like rectangle ducts, trunk lines in the attic. Um, on one job, we did it where the insulation was all like chewed off or something. And mm. uh, I didn't, she hired a company. I, she said, What do I need to do? I'm like, Honestly, the best bet, because she was actually doing spray foam in her house. She's like, I have a spray foam contractor coming out, uh, blah, blah, blah. We're going to re insulate the attic. I'm like, Mind you, she wasn't spray foam in the attic. She was using cellulose in the attic. She was encapsulating the crawl space, spray foaming up the walls in the crawl space, right? So I said, yeah. what we were able to do, the way it was hung, I was able to stick two-inch pink foam insulation underneath the duct all the oh, way nice. down to the run, and then have okay. them come back and just spray foam the trunk on the sides and the top. Oh, nice. Yeah, that'll work. That'll work for sure. But yeah, blowing in it for, uh, I've seen try, guys try to do that. Like, you know, even homeowners, they don't know, putting like bats of insulation on top of like uh, runs or uh, yeah. putting cellulose all over their runs. Oh yeah, it's fine. It's not going to sweat anymore. Just bury it. Why It'll doesn't that worse? Why doesn't that work? Because like your house Eric, to start off with. You're gonna Eric be... said that it's actually just going to um, sweat more. Sweat more. And also Eric said that those are the little weird squiggly two dollar thing is pounds not euros i don't know the difference so <laughs> yeah it's Sorry. not sealed properly what's, if it's blown in or go ahead what's the I, difference between pounds and uh, watching these tv shows they say quid pounds quid. And, the same thing i don't know i, I have no idea i do not understand it. i've only ever been to mexico and costa rica those are the only two countries i've ever been to other than the united states so i don't know anything Mexico is pesos, and then uh, Costa Rica is colones. So that's all I know. New wrap burying it is just wrong. Spray foam it. If a contact with wood, you create thermal bridging. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Spray foam. Spray foam is the way to go, man. Get your own R value. Plus, the wrap it has to be R value. At least R was it R eight, R ten, at least. Or else you're just asking for it's going to sweat again if it's not sealed properly. Yeah. Joe could tell the exchange rate for a loony. <laughs> I do, we do have loonies, but I couldn't tell you the exchange rate right now. 
So okay. what are you doing on your house this weekend, Adam? Uh, I'm not doing anything on my house this weekend. Oh, you're not? You're no. not working on it at all? I have to do a bunch of computer work this weekend. Yeah. Uh, fun stuff. But your house is all sheeted with plastic and stuff right now. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Tearing stuff apart. But um needs to be oh, done. Is that all yeah. you do this week? Just work in your house or no, I was doing I had stuff going on. Um, <laughs> currently really hot in my house because I have no air conditioning. <laughs> so I tried to leave all the windows open and I have dogs in the front, but yeah, I had to just close my window here and close this door and yeah, lovely. So how how hot is it out right now? Uh I think it's like 80 degrees outside right now. It's, it's supposed to drop to what did I say, Joe? 60? Like 55. 55 tonight. So it's amazing. tomorrow, I think it what did I say? 95 tomorrow? Yeah, something like that. In I the think 90s. it's supposed to be 95, but then it's supposed to be like 56 tomorrow night. So my thought is, is I'm gonna work all day, sweat my ass off, take a cold shower, and then open all the windows and it'll be 55 in the house. So hmm. well, after we get some air circulating. I wouldn't mind uh that weather right there in the winter time in cali you know it's hot 80 90s and you get 55 at night that's fine other than that no <laughs> but yeah. i'll deal with the seasons but yeah that's beautiful weather to have that for a few months that's awesome my family's gonna lose their minds though because they're gone right now at like an after school carnival thing or something and when they come home they're gonna realize there's no air conditioning anymore <laughs> and there's oh, also shit. no no white noise from the the giant blower motor that was running really high static. Oh. They're not going to hear that ever again. So and there's no air moving. Oh, no air moving. We got box. You didn't get those. Gonna... You didn't get those portable ACs. No, I thought about buying portables, but then I really started to think like I was going to buy those portable air conditioners. where you got to run the duct out the window, but then I'm like, dude, that's just going to make my house negative. Why don't you just worse. actually do a window shaker? I thought about it, but I don't have good windows where I would put them. Um, my master mm. bedroom has like a really short window. So a window shaker wouldn't fit in it. And then I don't feel comfortable leaving my front windows open in the yeah. house. I only imagine open that, the back windows. Ma imagine what the neighbors are thinking in that neighborhood like that. And they're like, all of a sudden your house gets window shakers starting to look like, you know, and I'm like, what the fuck's going Dude, on my here? Neighbors probably think I'm a nut because when yeah. I, was filming, I had a whole freaking hood and suit on and respirator and I'm walking out to my van and people are driving by going, what the hell is that guy doing? And then today I'm dragging shit out the, the front of the house with a freaking mask on and Right. Yeah, they think I'm a nutcase. Yeah, so, they'll think you're nuts. What's your uh, what's your ETA on getting this thing up and running? Maybe not the whole house, but maybe part of it. Maybe Dude, I I really really need to have it running by Sunday afternoon. So mm. I'm my goal is to have it running by Sunday afternoon. So I gutted my system, gutted it out of my closet. I ripped out the framing. I set down a sheet of ply, three quarter inch plywood right now. So now I'm going to put my new equipment back in the closet, line it up, find out where I need to drill the holes. I'm going to do that tonight. Uh, I got to cut a hole for the plenum going up into the attic. And then Remember, you got to seal that hole really, really well coming yeah. through, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's all That's all part of my plans this weekend. That's going to be one of the things I got to do. So, yeah, it, I, I got a lot of work cut out for me, but I'm and hoping you need I can the, You need to uh, actually, are you showing people how you're actually connecting the flex and how you're sealing the flex and all that or no? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I have footage of it and stuff and I have to like find the right footage, you know, because, you know, I got a lot of pushback. I did some some short form content on social media and showed us stretching the flex duct and boy, did I get some criticism. Um, forget oh. the criticism about people mad at me because I was using flex duct, but 
then the <laughs> criticism of people saying you're stupid if you didn't know you're supposed to stretch flex duct and then oh yeah half the comments half the comments are saying i never it's knew waste that of time. yeah of so, course you know, a lot of people are saying time. i never knew that and then other people are saying it's a waste yeah. of time and no, you know it's a lot like, of people don't know that move on you know you chose to click the video move on like if you don't like what i said but the whole point is that i took all the flex duct and you know i didn't know this i knew that flex duct needed to be tight but i didn't know until adam told me and right. i started reading about it that you should actually take the flex duct out front you should grab the metal and the liner and pull it tight and hold it tight and, and it makes sense you're taking the slinky effect out of the, the the spiral wire that's running through it you're stretching it tight you're pulling the memory out of it and then I pulled it up into the attic and ran it and I'm trying to run it as straight as possible and, you know, tight as possible. But, you know, there's downsides to using flex. You know, a lot of people say, oh, I'm never going to have good airflow. Shut up. I'm going to have my airflow is going to be fine. Right. Because we sized everything right. But, um, you know, it's not going to be perfect. You know, I can't yeah. make the flex duct 100 percent straight, you know, because there's points that I got to go at a weird angle and different things. But I'm just trying my best. That's the whole point. Right people are nuts yeah like i didn't know there was that memory stretch uh well i mean if you think on. about it, it it does make logical sense i've just never yeah. really thought about it yeah. you know i've stretched I mean, it thinking yeah okay stretch i understand i guess but never thought you have to stretch it and hold it per se to get that you know it's like uh i want to say it's like 60 seconds they say to hold it for wow, yeah. wow. It, it was so bad that my wife she has arthritis in her hands but I'm like, I've got her at, in the garage and, and I said, grab the flex stuff, grab the metal and grab the liner and hold it close to your chest and lean back because she can't hold it. She was trying to hold it out as I was pulling it. And she can't hold it. Falling down. Yeah, she's falling down. So oh. I'm like, no, grab it, pull it to your chest and lean back and let me pull it taut, you know, and like, let me do that. And then, but it was a challenge to get it stretched, but we got it. You Think know? of like how... The, all the work and the uh, the chaos that Jill goes through being married to you. <laughs> oh my gosh, dude! Yeah, dude, she, the stuff she has to go through. <laughs> what? What's what? I was out there because, guys, I'm a nut, right? Everybody knows that I'm insane, right? So I'm out there, um, uh, sealing the transition from my, because uh, I have a stand and then I have a filter media cabinet. Uh, and then I have a transition to my fan coil and I'm out there taping it and I'm using a tape knife and making the tape all perfect. And then I'm taking blue painters tape and going on top with a half inch gap and then putting Pookie on there, duck sealer and making it all perfect. And she comes out and she's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, <laughs> making everything straight. Like it's got to look nice. And she's like, she just looks at me and I go, you married me. Like you knew this. I'm just well, a nut when I do things. Why don't you tell everyone about how you were doing the tape? What about it? Oh no, the uh, the the silver tape, the UL tape. Oh no, what about it? Please don't tell how me you're measuring. And yeah, how you were measuring the tape? Oh, oh yeah. my, I guessed it. Oh, yeah, oh yeah, God. I measured out the tape so that way I could be. What? Hold on, just a second, just just. A <laughs> so, oh my God! <laughs> what is he gonna go get his air handler? Yeah, I know, right here, guys. <laughs> Oh my! No, what was he doing? He was he was measuring and marking lines with his marker. I knew it. And then Where he was making it? sure so it's like perfectly straight on everything. And he's like, "Guys, am I crazy?" I'm like, yeah, "Absolutely, yes, you're crazy." Yes. 
to be honest with you, uh, he probably doesn't do too much of it. But when you start putting in units of all kinds and doing stuff like your eyes get trained so well, you know, where it's straight, honestly, yeah. pretty straight. You know what I mean? But oh, he I actually did use it. tape. Uh, let me tell. Let me uh, tell you something. Hold on. I don't use tape. I don't use the blue tape if I know everything's going to be buried, right? Yeah. If it's going to be in a wall or whatever else, I don't yeah. care. But if it's somewhere that you're going to see it, tape it up. Yeah. I'm not this insane when it comes to normal stuff for certain customers because certain customers don't want to pay for this insanity. This is my own house. I can go to town. I am a little particular in the way I do things and my employees probably hate me for it. But when it comes to this right here, I literally measured out the seams to make sure that my tape lines are perfectly straight. All for the mastic. For the mask, wow. but then underneath that, the tape, the the metal tape that I taped it to first, the UL oh. tape, I measured that, used a tape knife, made sure there was no bubbles, perfectly straight, sealed it in all the way around, all the way perfect. Listen, listen that looks beautiful. Um, every day, I used masking tape for sure. I don't think I just do by eye, nice and straight. But that's that's pretty. Uh, that's like a package right there. That's nice. That's nice. Now, uh, but but in reality, customers don't want to pay for this. I mean, yeah. honestly, guys, what like I have an estimation in my head how much this system would have cost if I would have sold it. What do you guys think? Oh, what do you guys think if I would have sold my system to a customer? What I would have sold? I would sold? say, 30, I would 40 say grand. probably 25 to 30,000. 25, easy 000. 50 grand, dude. Really? Easy 50 grand. I'm $10,000 yeah. in equipment alone, not marked up. Yeah, $10,000 in equipment alone, not marked up. Uh, when you think about the labor and stuff, dude, I'm, I'm, I, it's got to be 45 to 50 easy is what I would, would have yeah, sold it to a customer. Fine. You know, I don't use duct seal. If you're going to see it in a mechanical room, I do not use duct sealer without tape anymore. I would not do it. Just to, I don't like the look. I like to be taped off and everything. Well, and I preach that to the apprentice. Yeah, go ahead. You know what? I, I, uh, I, on most jobs, it's not, I think a lot of guys either use tape or they use mastic, right? Yes. I use both. I was gonna, just going to ask you that too, Chris and Adam. Both. Doesn't the tape. Well, I guess your tape well, is pretty. I'm not always yeah. using both on the same joints, right? Oh, okay. like so, like a lot of times where there's cleats, I'll use yeah. and I use I don't use the UL tape like that. I use what well, I mean, I guess it is a UL tape, but I use the hard cast mastic tape. Oh, okay. That, that stuff is like freaking super yeah. good. That does not come off, yeah. right? So I use that on all the seams, but Foil then like tape, you have, huh? But foil tape and then masking on top, I feel like that's no, just no, no. Like, I'm talking like, about like the seams, uh, like the pipe lock seams on the pipe, yeah, or sure. the seamless snap lock, or yeah. the the different the you know the different gores of the '90s where they meet the seam sure. around that. That oh, all right. gets yeah. mastic. That's all yeah. mastic. Yeah, I don't do enough duct work to have to deal with this kind of stuff very often. I mean, I'm occasionally yeah. replacing a piece of flex in an attic for something. You know, and in that case, I'm going to use a Panduit strap, depending on how far it is and how deep it is and how much the customer wants to pay. I may not be dragging mastic up there. You know, we might just be using Panduit straps and some tape. But again, it all depends on what the customer wants. Now, if the customer wanted insanity, of course, I'd do anything that they want. I'll get up there sure. and freaking spray foam everything. But I mean, nobody wants to pay for that, you know, you know, and that's that's something that I've been thinking about through this whole project. And again, my system is not going to be perfect. There's going to be flaws. It's a work in progress. I'm just trying. Right. But when you think about it, like how many people are really real? I can I can think of a few 
um, people on social media and just uh, people that do insane um, high quality work. But I mean, there's not that many. There really isn't when you think about it that are doing insane stuff. Like person that comes to mind is someone like Neil Comparetto. Like that dude goes insane when he's doing stuff. And the airflow numbers and air leakage numbers he gets are like minuscule, you know? And I know there's some other people too, but yeah, but, but people don't want to pay for that stuff. That's the problem. But I was thinking like, what if you had all these guys are, have these different, um, you know, programs or whatever, estimating programs, sales tools, this or that. What if you could have a program, let the customer like choose their own fate. You're like, here's four different options. And then you click on the options and each option has four different options. It's like, this is the, I really don't care. Um, I just want it to last me six months option. And we want you to be in and out as quickly as humanly possible. I And like show like uh, a picture of a sloppy freaking sheet metal plenum. Yeah. And this and that, blah, blah, blah. And then like work your way up and be like, this is insanity. This is the insanity option. This is one where you are OCD and everything is perfect and blah, blah, blah. Right. Here's the problem though. Right. We've got this whole heat pump extravaganza going on where, you know, the government's, you know, backing heat pump subsidies and all kinds of different stuff. Right. Install heat pumps. Right. And then you know, California, and I know it's moving across the country, you have airflow testing requirements, you have HERS rating, right? You have to have a third party company come in after you. They want you to to prove that you did a proper load calculation and that you're following the load calculation. This is where we run into a problem. Because when you have the government overreach, where the government says you have to do a proper load calculation, and so then you get someone to do a load calculation. And in my situation for my house, the load calculation came in at a two ton, right? That's unheard. I guarantee I have the smallest system in my neighborhood. Yeah, but it came in as a two ton, right? But if I didn't go in, if I just came in and slapped in a two ton on my shitty ductwork system that I had, and just called it a day, I would be miserable and it would never work. And this is what's happening in the industry right now, because we're pushing all this crap. And the big box companies, I'm sorry, but the big box companies that have locations in 20 different states and they're buying up every residential company, they're not doing quality installs. And we've even heard it. We're not going to name names, but one of the big company owners was like, is anybody else having problems with all these heat pump installs? Because we're getting nothing but callbacks. And it's like, "Mm." I wonder why it's because you're not installing them. Right. So, you know, I, this industry is hurting on that aspect, but you know, we need to do better. We need it's to gonna do get better. worse. It's gonna get, yeah. There's, there's a few homeowner groups that, you know, tell me to, you know, they add me to their groups and I quickly decline because dude, I will lose. I don't know how you guys do it. I will lose my mind. If I see some of the stuff I, in those forums, what people are saying in their homes and these big companies, this oh. is uh this is Doug. Yeah. Doug has uh, is Doug the only guy? Doug, are you the one and only uh, Ring Five guy for uh, the Energy Conservatory? Doug Blaster, I I got them to send me a Ring Five, but I've never used it on a house. I was just, or Wait, I mean, on the no, Duck Blaster, I was four. just using it. You have oh no, I did four. four. You're right. Yeah, I have the four. That's yeah, right. Four. I did yeah, not get the five. Yeah, Ring Five. I I, I had uh, I have a picture of it somewhere. I should try to find it or whatever. But Ring Five is a half inch washer. And Explain I think to people what you guys are talking about. because All right. So when you have a duck blaster, basically um, the leakier something is, this goes with the blower door too. The leakier, you have to maintain a certain uh, pressure at the fan, right? In order to measure measure accurate airflow. And 
if you have something that's very leaky, you want the fan to be wide open. So the front of the fan is just wide open because you need as much airflow as possible to have that pressure differential. The, the less leaks you have in a duct system or a house, you start putting rings on the fan to block off some of the, the surface area of the, the face of the fan, right? To maintain, you know, your pressure differential. So the, the, you know, and it keeps stepping down to a smaller and smaller ring. Doug took a half inch washer and he wrote on it with a Sharpie. It says ring five. And then he had Steve Rogers from the energy conservatory send him the math for a half inch orifice flow through a hole. That, that would, that's pretty cool. Yeah, um, it is. Actually, I had dug out. I don't know if we talked about this on the show when I was making that exhaust wall cap. Oh, yeah. passive yeah. house. I've seen the pictures. Yeah. Um, I made a motorized wall cap for an exhaust fan uh, on a residential house. And I was trying to figure out how how much it leaks right at not at 25 pascals but at 50 pascals yeah so um doug was all set up he came out to my shop and we tested it and i think it was like i can't remember what it was doug what was it seven cfm or something like that it was pretty low it was super low what i remember um you know another thing that i wanted to bring up too is you know the idea everybody wants the higher sear rating oh yeah i want a 16 sear i want a 20 sear right yeah the problem with that is that if you're not designing your equipment right, you're never going to get 20 sear out of it. You're never going to get 16 sear out of it. You know, you have to design it properly and you have to size it properly and you can't be oversizing crap. Right. And that's something that I've been really thinking about a lot lately. And it, I don't know about you guys, but I my brain goes in the weirdest directions. And so I'll just randomly start thinking like, how's this industry going to work if we're just throwing these 18 sear heat pumps at everything ah. and we're not sizing them right and ah. you know like i just keep thing. thinking about the future and how it's bad all this and, and it's all this government money that's being passed out it's like hey you, you we sold yep. a 20 sear heat pump here's thousands of dollars because you did it even though it's running like crap and yeah. it's really not energy efficient whatsoever and then my brain goes to these expensive complicated systems so like I spend a lot of time designing systems like regular replacement, retrofit replacement for people's houses, right? Um, and, you know, I spend time trying to figure out what size filter I should have in there. Let's try to get the static within a, a good, you know, a good place. Do I need to add a return? What do we got to do? And then you think about in the future, you have somebody coming out five, 10 years from now running service on it. Something's wrong. And they're like, oh, well, it's not working right because it's too small. You need a bigger one for your house. Yeah. You know, and the the person, the original person who had it installed might not live there anymore. And the new homeowner. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Let's go bigger. So it's like a vicious cycle. I see this going on forever that like I feel like I'm making the slight bit of a difference. But then like fast forward. People are just going to tear all my shit out and it's going to be back to what it was in the past. You know? well, and, and, you know, something else that got me thinking when I was designing my system, too, and, and you know, because I pulled a whole new electrical feed for my fan coil because we're changing from a furnace to a fan coil. And then, you know, I sized the electrical run as if I was going to add a 10 kW heat strip to it. But I'm not. I'm, I'm not putting a heat strip on it, but I sized it for the heat strip. Right. right? So then you start thinking of all these people that are going to do heat pump retrofits and are they having a new electrical feed ran? Are they electricians? Are they actually sizing for heat strips? Or are they just throwing them in there and 
leaving the 12 gauge wire that's or the 14 gauge that was running the furnace 14 you know like there's all that to think about too there's so many complexities so i was talking to my dad this morning and my dad and i'm just gonna say this whatever i don't give a fudge but my dad i was talking to him and i was saying you know this system in my house like i've gone back and forth on whether or not i was going to get the city involved and you know one of the things about getting the city involved even though i'm doing a hundred percent on everything right but do you really want those people in your house? Like those people are just idiots when it comes to that stuff and all the crap, the overreach that they do. And they start, you know, do you have low flow toilets and Oh, your backyard. Oh, you did that in your backyard. Did you pull a permit for that? You know? And it's just like, these people are just, they, I don't know, man. I don't know. It just, it's just too much overreach with all this crap right now. And it's just a bit silly. Well, it is getting a little bit better. Kind of be the positive one, okay? It's getting a little better. Hopefully, it's just slowly but surely. Hopefully, it's going to get a little bit better, okay? I mean, I don't sure. mind. Like, I'm fine with everything. Like, yeah, you know, I, I just, know. I just, you have to plan for that, and you have to think right. about how difficult these jobs are going to be, and you have to think about sizing your equipment right and designing it properly. You know? Yeah, I agree. So. I agree. Um, you know, as far as like the knowledge goes in the industry. Uh, I, I was talking to uh, Brian Orr about a week ago, and he said the industry changes slowly. And he's like, yes. it's hard to make an impact. He's like, but the industry did have one big win in the last handful of years, and that is vacuum. Like, it has become the trendy thing to be good vacuum? at vacuum and use a micron gauge and yeah. use big hoses. That's like, you know, and that wasn't that wasn't out of thing 10, 15 years ago. Like, you know, you, it yeah. wasn't really common. Yeah. I, you know, I'm still pretty I still think here they're still doing pretty good at trying to get more uh, vocation like uh, trades into like the early years in high school, which I'm glad to see and what I hear. So I'm happy about that. I think it's on the right track right now for the industry. I think it's slowly on the right track again. I think there was a big gap when we were growing up um, from the baby booner side. And then after the baby booner side, it was a big gap. But now I think it's starting to come around and hopefully we can just keep on the same path and uh, we'll, we'll see it get better for sure. Yep. Hey, Will, uh, Will Speed said he's leaving. Will, do you still want my Ecobee? I know you said <laughs> you wanted that a while back and I told you I'd send it to you. I'm hey, finally Will. pulled it out. So I'll send it to you if you still want it, Will. Send me a message if you do. He did a post the other day in overtime. It was a good post. He, uh, he 3D printed the backplate for a pressure monitor. Um, I don't know what the room was for. But... Yeah, it's it's a controlled room. Yeah, it's, that, that was awesome, Will. That's awesome. 3D printed. One guy that does uh, just like Big Clive with this 3D printer. Making it uh, Eric Kaiser, great point. He said, now if we can only get equipment manufacturers to update their instructions, uh, their literature right. for good vacuum practices right. you still have you know some of the biggest vrf manufacturers that have you do the most antiquated stuff to pull a vacuum you know like the the most antiquated stuff and it's like there's no need for that if you're yeah. actually using let me tell tools. let me tell a quick a funny story about that i don't know if i told this on this the show in the past but um when i was at the uh the esco uh, HVAC Excellence Conference. So it is three days, I believe, of like these classes. And the first two, there's like tons of tons of educators. 
I believe it's three. It's either two or three. I don't know. But anyways, the last day, Daikin, like basically rents out the whole place. And there's classes in every, all these tons of different rooms. And the last day, they shut all the rooms down. It's one huge room where Daikin's teaching, right? So I was in there and I was lucky enough to sit next to uh, T.Y. Banana Man <laughs> and, and uh, Craig Migliaccio. And we were going through, oh, nice. listening to the, uh, you know, the Daikin presentation and Sky Air. And um, they were talking about pulling a, a triple evac. Like, this has to happen if you're going to have a properly functioning system. And Craig raises his hand. He's like all the way in the back. And the guy comes over with the microphone. He's like, yeah. He's like, um, yeah. Um, that's not true. <laughs> that's kind of a waste of time. It's it's actually pretty pointless. And there's like hundreds of people. In this Craig room. did that. Yeah, he's like, he's like, most of my friends are not here right now. They already went home. So I figured it was kind of my responsibility to to speak out on speak this. Speak for so them. That's not not true. You don't have to do that. That's <laughs> you awesome. You just need to pull a proper vacuum. It was you know, nice. the, the whole. I think the whole idea of a triple evac um, is basically because we didn't know how to use micron gauges. They did exist, but they weren't mainstream. So the idea of a triple evac that people did was they would um, sweep the system, pull down a little bit more, sweep the system, pull down a little bit more. But when you have a accurate digital micron gauge, like the blue vac one, right, that actually works and it's clean and you have large diameter hoses and you can actually monitor the system, there's absolutely no need for a triple evac if you can actually see the true pressure in the system but you can't have the micron gauge installed at the vacuum pump you yeah, can't have right. it on hey, your guys. manifold yeah. gauges Makes you have laugh. to be able to isolate it in the system and and see the true yeah. or even have multiple micron gauges there's nothing wrong with that um eric asked me what my installation instructions said for evacuations honestly i didn't read that part i was just kind of scrolling through i'll have to look and see but that'll be a good thing to do i've i've glanced through the the manual for certain things but i haven't like completely read it cover to cover so hmm, we'll see you should do it Eric that's good they, they call that toilet material yep yeah it is. i've been doing that you know um triple evac is left over from the days of purging it's also useful on systems with refrigerant in the oil good point you know there is a place when you're trying to to degas oil and different things but you know there's there's the idea, though, that everybody lives and breathes by a triple evac, um, you know, I, you definitely um, it does work well if you have an open system. Right. And it's still not great. A lot of times, like what I found when you're when you, um, you know, you break the vacuum with nitrogen, the next vacuum you pull definitely gets deeper. Oh, for sure. And then it's like a little bit every time, you know what I mean? Like you're making a little headway. But here's what you can do. There's there's much better ways than just sweeping with nitrogen. If you have, okay, first off, if you have an existing system, let's say you have a air conditioner at a house and you're actually changing a compressor, okay? Um, or no, let's let's make it even better. You're not changing the compressor. You changed a filter dryer, right? When you try to evacuate that compressor, it is going to be a nightmare because you're pulling the oil right the refrigerant out of the oil and there's certain things you can do to get that refrigerant out of the oil first off if you can heat up the oil run the crankcase heater take sure. a map gas torch heat up the bottom of the compressor agitate the compressor i have shown it a million times a video where you're pulling an evacuation you're at 500 microns right 
You can Fine. shut the vacuum pump off. You're at 500 microns and it's slowly rising. If you yeah. go and grab that compressor and you shake yeah. it, all of a sudden it'll shoot up to eight, oh, 900 yeah, microns, sure. right? Because you're agitating the refrigerant that's yeah. sitting down in the bottom of the oil and it's boiling off and you're helping to speed up the process by heating up the oil, turning on the crankcase heater. You know, those are things that you can do versus just slamming nitrogen. I'm not saying there's not a place for nitrogen. There is, but you just have to understand the science. And you also have to understand something. If you're working on an existing system, let's say you're in refrigeration and you're pumping down a system, you are not going to get a perfect vacuum. I'm sorry. It's not yeah. going to happen. If it's not a brand new compressor with a brand new system with no trapped oil in there, you need to understand that it is not going to be perfect, but you have to know the repercussions of a not perfect vacuum and you have to weigh out your options. So I'm not pulling a 400 micron vacuum on every single refrigeration system that I work on. It's just not practical. The customer doesn't want to pay for two days worth of evacuations to try to degas every bit of oil that's stuck in that system. Yeah. Um, okay, cool. Yeah, the old times just use refrigerant. Yep. Yep. yep, yep. <laughs> refrigerant, let out refrigerant purge. Let <laughs> just try. Like the biggest thing in this industry is honestly, you just need to try. You just need to try your best. Understand that you're never going to be absolutely perfect, but just try. Just try and always try to better yourself. You know, um, I didn't tell him. Uh, actually, I'll talk about that later. But yeah. Okay. Wow. Right. We're pushing it, man. We're yeah. at 730. We've been going. Yeah. I think it's time we wrap <laughs> this one up. Let's wrap it up. Where, where was Bill? People are asking where Bill is. I don't remember. Didn't he have something with his daughter or something? Or was that you last week, Adam? What did Bill say he was going for? I can't remember. I don't remember. Maybe yeah, he had something going on. He told us ahead of time. See you, GMC. Well, I'm gonna go well. climb up in my attic and start pulling the uh, the the existing plenum out and uh, keep moving with this thing. I'm gonna go get all dirty and covered nice. in insulation again. Well, guys, thanks for watching. Uh, if you have time, join the HVAC Overtime Facebook group. Go to HVACOvertime.com. I would hit my hair. Here's the real one. There you go. <laughs> HVACOvertime.com. We have a bunch of merch there. We Actually, we should come up with a new shirt soon, right? Should. I think we're past due. Yeah, um, probably. I don't even yeah. know how that works. Doesn't Bill have to do that? I don't know. Yeah. Beard surgery. It will. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll come up with something. Listen, here's a rule. We cannot come up with a new t-shirt unless all four are here right. with chat. Right. Once oh, by the way. I'm going to say this on the air just to make Joe really uncomfortable on that. But uh, we talked about in the past. What When should we have uh, Zach Ciotta on the show, guys? How about next week when I'm not here? <laughs> no, you're going to be no, here. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, no, you got to be on the show. Oh, oh, and let's call Joe out right now. Everybody out there, Joe is going to be on the Misfits of HVAC podcast, okay? I need your guys' help Next to start end. bombarding Joe to convince him to go on Misfits. I think it'll be a good time. It'll be they'll ask him some cool questions, and Ryan and uh, um, Jennifer uh, do a great job. So we want Joe on the Misfits. They want him on the Misfits. <laughs> we just got to convince Joe to go. So I will eventually. Just not right now. Just too chaotic right now. Oh, you got to do it, man. But the thing is, is that <laughs> they're booked out like six months in advance. So go ahead and commit to it now. Find the date. Yeah. And that way you have time to think about it. 
And Joe's going to be real excited, guys, this week. He's hanging out with his girlfriend. It's going to be good. They're going to be holding hands. It's going to be ice cream and lemonade, you know? Wow. Ice cream. It's hot. I want some ice cream. That sounds good. Ding. (laughs) All right. Good show, guys. Thanks for coming. You guys are awesome. See you next time.